Hey guys, Black and White Christianity coming at you for another episode. Glad that you're here with us. Tonight, we're going to be talking about some dangers that can develop from growing up in a Christian home. There's a couple different things that we're going to talk about tonight. And I'm excited to get into this episode because I don't think this particular topic is talked about a lot. And a lot, a lot, a lot of youth and young adults have fallen prey to some of the things we're going to talk about tonight. So I'm glad you're here. Share, subscribe, and send this out to your friends. We hope to hear from you guys in the comments. Tyreek, how we doing? We're good, buddy. How about yourself? Oh, don't sound so solemn. <laughs> Long day. Long day, but I'm here and I'm excited. I'm excited about this one. I really All am. Right. All right. So what are we talking about? What does it all entail? What are some topic points we're going to hit on? So let's just start it off with just a light understanding of where Tyreek and I came from. Both of us came from Christian households. And so I think we're more apt to speak to this because we have experience in it. And in no way am I um, criticizing my parents for anything they're doing. So I just want to make that clear. Um, But there are things that happen in a Christian home uh, that aren't always the best. And so one of my big ones that I want to bring up is the continuation in spiritual growth. I I guess what I would call it is being spiritually stunted because of, and and sometimes it's the parents and sometimes it's the, it's the rebelliousness of the child. That's all they know. All they know is church, youth group, Awanas, uh, night church, Bible studies, prayer meetings. That's all they know. And so sometimes there's this, um, how do I say this, this jadedness to the church and to uh, the things of God, because that's all they know. They don't know anything else. And so the world tempts them a bit. And and, uh, occasionally, me, myself, I was drawn away for a bit because growing up in a Christian home, when that's all you know, when you see the world a little bit, you're like, "Ooh, what's that about? And there needs to be some sharing and explaining of what's out there, why it's not beneficial and why you shouldn't go to it. Not just look, do what I'm telling you to do. Enough said. Curiosity just gets the better of you. And so I'm going to read a scripture and we'll just go from there. Therefore, my dear friends, so as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Um, the working out of your own salvation point. Go ahead. Where Where are you reading from? Just to, so the audience knows where to right. go. Philippians 2.12. Philippians 2.12 is where I'm reading from. Sorry about that. Thank you for that correction. Yes, sir. Um, and so I, I think for me, um, having to kind of step out on your own, in your own faith, making it your own sometimes is hard in a Christian home because you kind of just base your faith and your salvation on sometimes your environment. My mom and dad are Christians. We go to church. We do this Christian thing. We do that Christian thing. Everything is Christian. And that's not a bad thing. But if it's not explained to you that you have to step out, And you have to make it your own. And you have to be the one to say, look, it's not my mom's faith or my dad's faith. It's my faith. 
And so I, I have to be the one to make it my own. I'm not going to piggyback my way into heaven on my parents' faith, on my brother's faith, on my sister's faith, on my aunt's faith. It's not going to happen. So that's why I think this scripture is so important. And it's so important for us to teach our kids to eventually, as they grow spiritually, physically, for them to grow spiritually. And, it, and hopefully spiritual independence is, is what you're looking for. So go ahead, Tyreek. I absolutely agree. Um, I'm going to double down here in Proverbs chapter 5 and 15. It says, drink water out of your own cistern and running waters out of your uh, out of thine own well. Let thy fountains be dispersed abroad and rivers of water in the streets. Um, a major, a major issue that I'm seeing is that we do a lot of regurgitation from what we've heard, what, what people have talked to us about the Bible. And we go ahead and say, oh, this person must be qualified to say what they say. They must be, they must be knowledgeable or they wouldn't be standing up in front of people or even in your household or like you wouldn't be talking to me about this if you didn't know what you were talking about. A lot of times we run into the problem of assuming that just because somebody is trending toward a direction that that's where they are where they are or we assume they're the, the authority on this thing drink water have its own system when i'm when i'm reading this and i've read it a couple of times and i've did i did a couple of like different uh readings into what other people had to say about it and like for me it means something different than what i've been seeing in scripture for me when when i see drink water out of thine own sister what i'm thinking about is you know I'm I'm reading the word and I'm gathering it up for myself. I look like I said I looked into this scenario in the in the Middle East. They would have desert. They would have not deserts. They would have droughts, and they would they would run out of water and like there won't be any anything around. So they would have these areas that they have uh, pulled the they they've collected the rain water and they pulled it into this scenario and it's called the cistern and then they go in there and they kind of ration it out ration the water out to sustain themselves until the next time it was a raining or they'll be able to get um drinkable water that way and uh that that kind of symbolic or understanding of how that went let me believe that you know the Bible says that Jesus is the, um, the living water. Like when we when we go to him, we'll never thirst again. So when I read scripture, I'm looking at that as nourishment. You know, I'm drinking this. I'm eating this. This is a meal. This is uh, sustaining to hydrate myself. So when I'm looking into scripture here and it says drink water out of your own cistern, I'm going to the Bible to to grab that life-saving water and like store it away from myself so this way when i get into these areas where there's not other brothers and sisters i'm kind of feeling alone i'm kind of feeling in my own desert in my own situation my own scenario i could go ahead and dip into what i have inside already so what would you um, say in that scenario that you just said the one you just put forth was a challenge growing up in a christian home how would you apply that? Oh, absolutely. And I'm and I'm gonna go well see the the problem with that is you you have to you have to understand how important the word of God is and like how how much we, we just overlook that. When you become 
All right, so just a quick story. <clears throat> Some of the most devout believers that I have run into, I've spoken to just hardcore, hard charging for the Lord, did not grow up in a Christian household. They grew up in, in the world or they grew up hard, hardcore the other way in witchcraft or, you know, all kinds of nonsense like that. So they know the true dangers of what it's like not to have Christ. So it's very serious for them when they're in the word of God. It's not, it's not a game. It's not, oh, play, play. They're not on the sidelines. They're in there because they know what it is on the other side. And Christians, a lot of times, I'm not going to say all the times, but in the Christian household, we grew up in it. It's, it's more like something that we do, like eating at the table with everybody eating at the table and turning the TV off. It's, it's, it's not so much that your children understand that we're doing this. So you like for the reasons why they're doing it, they're, you're doing it because uh, dad told me to do it or, you know, this is how it's always been done. So now it's starting to be more of a traditional kind of thing as opposed to like an actual cognitive thought of I am not only am I doing this because everybody in this scenario is doing it, my environment is doing it, but I'm doing it because I understand the value of doing this thing. And that's the, and that's the kind of things that you don't pick up in the home uh, all the time as a believer. I know personally for me, um, a lot of times I, I, my mom was a spiritual leader of our household. If we had, if we had questions about how things were going, how, how we should, uh, conduct ourselves or do this or do that according to scripture because we wanted to be right we understood my mom was a hellfire preacher like she just straight up said dog don't do that you'll go to hell don't do this you go to hell we're walking around terrified my 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 me my brother my sisters we're all scared and then eventually that scaredness just starts to go away because you heard it so much it's just like anything else you're driving behind the wheel you're getting a little bit tired and you're like oh, oh, oh you're scared you're scared you're trying to get yourself back together and then a couple of seconds later you're back dozing off again like that's what happens when you grow up under tradition and fear you just kind of eventually just lose sight of what it actually is supposed to be so you don't know to go for yourself. You're in a state of ignorance and you don't want to stay in a state of ignorance. You want to be able to go to the Bible and get what you need for yourself. And you don't look to other people for your salvation or your understanding of scripture. Exhortation is fine, but don't look to somebody else as your sole way of getting the scripture in. That's it. So, uh, you know, one of the things about the Christian home, and I'm going to back up just a little bit here. It is, a very, very great thing to have. It has a good, it sets a good foundation. It sets good precedences. It sets good biblical understanding. That is assuming that the parents are about the father's will. Okay. Malachi clearly says, what does the Lord desire? Godly offspring. Well, godly offspring, the offspring don't come out godly. So they have to be trained to be godly. And so there is a humongous burden laid on the parents to do this the, to the best of their ability, biblically speaking. One of the things I remember seeing when I was growing up was Christian and word alone households. We're church going Christians. That's it. Other six days a week, we look just like the world. And that confuses a child because they are, they are told you're Christian. But when you look at them six days a week, they look 
you can't tell the difference between them and the world other than if they're at a Christian event. So people just assume, oh, you're at a Christian event, you're Christians. They do, we do a lot of programs, we do a lot of activities, and we put the, the, the banner above it, Christian. And so it confuses kids because they think if I'm a part of these things and programs, I'm good. Somehow uh, this is penance. This is, this is adding to my, to my getting there. And I think that's where we kind of, kind of a Christian-esque household. The mother and father aren't really running after the Lord. They're just religious. And so the children are now just religious. And they just do the, uh, the Sunday morning thing. But every other, they're more into sports six days a week than they are Jesus. They're more chasing money than they are Jesus. And, and yet they will tell you to your face, I'm a Christian. Christ doesn't say you'll know them by their talk. He says you'll know them by their fruit. And so, like Tyreek was saying, oftentimes, if the parents aren't explaining to the children well enough, the world is very captivating, is very captivating to them. They get out there and they see that, whoa, look at all the, whoa, and, and they're loving it. The blam, the glitter, the lights, the stuff, the money, the things. And it's, it's marketed in such a way that the flesh just loves it. And so I am not trying to say that growing up in a Christian house is all bad. I'm just saying there's, there's, there's pitfalls in everything. Because it depends on the raising of the family, and it depends on the, the staunchness of the father and the mother to say, look, we don't do this. And the child will a lot of times say, well, why? And then there's that opportunity to say, because we follow Jesus, and he prohibits us from doing A, B, and C. That's why we don't do that. So I... I'm very thankful for those of you out there that are raising your children in a Christian home. What I'm trying to warn you of now is just to getting lazy and kind of sluggish and assuming that they're going to get all of their spiritual food from the church. The majority of their spiritual food should be coming from you. And that's what this podcast is, is trying to encourage you. Don't fall into these pitfalls like what the couple that Tyreek were talking about. And then, you know, having them being so sheltered that when they get out in the world, it's like, well, good night. I, I got to have me some of this. Um, you need to talk to them and tell them things. Um, what do you think? I, I think you're on. I think you're spot on. There's, there's a time and a place for these things. And uh, like, you know, I, I'm doing, I'm doing some light research into this and I don't want to go too deeply into it, but there, there's we're, we're we have stages of life, uh, how we, how we grow and develop. Like so, and the Bible talks about it. You know, like don't give those don't give those children meat. They they they're little. Give them milk. Still, we mm. this is an intentional thing that we have to do. And 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 if we care, if we love our children, if we want them to be godly offspring, we have to find the energy after a long day of work, after having to deal with people in the street after um paying bills or or you know working that second shift or whatever like we have to figure out what we need to do in order to have the type of energy needed to be able to address and help our children to develop into godly offspring we they do not do this on their own just being around i i went to a christian school and um a, a private christian school and i dealt with a lot of um 
of extra from other people who claim to be believers, even family members that I've had that I was mistreated, treated wrong, done, you know, all kinds of different things like that in a Christian school. So just because things have a banner, I also, I'm also a field service technician and I, 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 um, I go into different locations and I, and I do work inside of um, different locations. And one of the ones that I went to was a Christian school. And um, I was in there and I was just listening to the conversation between two of the employees that uh, I believe one was the school nurse and another one was an actual teacher. And their language was foul. They were just the, the conversation that they had was every bit of worldly. And I and I had to stop in the middle of their conversation. I had to be like, hey, like, are, are y'all believers in, in Christ? And it was like, oh, yeah, you know, we believe in Christ. And it's just like, I mean, like, you're, you're in a Christian school and you're talking like you you are from the street. Like, you, I've never, mm-hmm. what what is that about? You know, what's going on with that? And um, they were like, well, we believe in, but we're, I wouldn't say we're Christians. And it just absolutely blew my mind. Like, wow. okay, so you are in a Christian school, but you're not a Christian. I felt naive as to as to the point that i was like why would i just assume that Mm. people need to work people need to make money why like just because i'm not a christian don't mean i'm not about to take my education that i went to school for and 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 make this money regardless of the fact if you're gonna hire me i'm gonna go that the standards are not set not at school Mm. not anywhere in the world so you have to set the standard at your home. You have to create the environment for your children to succeed. And you have to find the energy to do that. Like, that's the only way it's going to happen. Uh, it looked like you wanted to say something. Well, I'll tell you what, you're hitting on a lot of points right there. And it, it made me think of some things. Uh, another danger of growing up in a Christian home is the parents say we're Christian, but they allow certain things into the home that aren't Christian. And so the children become confused. Well, we're Christian, but this is okay. This thing is okay. And in reality, it's not. But the parents are lighthearted about it. They don't bring the hard truths about conviction, sin, and hell. We don't talk about that. All we talk about are the t-shirt verses and the highlighter verses that everybody has in their devotionals. We never really want to talk to our kids about being sexually uh, pure. We don't want to talk to our kids about who they're hanging out with, what they're talking about, how you're talking, because we want to be cool. We want to be accepted. And my generation, I'm scared. I, I, am, I am concerned for the safety and the understanding of the next generation of Christian children that are being brought up in, in this wild idea of what Christianity passes for nowadays. Let me explain something to everybody that's listening. This generation is not is going to be held to the same standard as every generation that came before. We're not we're not hitting a new new standard here. The standard's been set in the word. And when we do, we take these outrageous liberties and then we push them on children and the children think this is Christian. That is a vile thing. And so as a let me speak to the Christian parents now. It is your job to be involved, to make sure that your home is a, a grounds for their spiritual upbringing. 
It's not the pastor's job. It's not the teacher's job. It's not the daycare worker's job, Sunday school teacher's job. It's none of those. It's yours. So if you do a poor job explaining the word to them, it shouldn't be a surprise to you when they get older and they wander from it. And I'm not putting that 100% on you, but if you were slack and lazy, you reap what you sow. So if it didn't matter too much to you, then I promise you it's not going to matter too much to them because they didn't see it matter much to you. And what you end up doing, and this is the hardest part for me, uh, it really is, it gets me emotional and it, and it, it really, really grabs on me because for a person that grew up in a Christian home that has a false sense of security, that believes they're a Christ follower, to ever admit that they're wrong is extremely hard for them. Because ultimately what they're saying is not only are they wrong, but their mom's wrong and their dad's wrong and whoever taught them is wrong. And there is this heavy weight of tradition and loyalty to men and women. And when you talk to some, when I started to listen to the word and read the word for myself and consume it like daily bread, I realized there were some things I'd been taught that weren't right. And I went back and I said, explain to me why this is this way. And it was just kind of, that's just how it is. Or that's just what I was taught. Or that's just, I'm not sure. This is just, if you don't go get it for yourself, you'll never know the truth. For the person that puts their, go ahead. As you were speaking, I just was hearing it inside of inside of my um, head. It was, um, I'm just not exactly sure which one it is. It, it In the Bible, it says, let, it's either let God or let Christ be true and every man be a liar. Yep. That is humongous to understand as believers. Like, like you said, I, I can't agree more. A lot of times we hold what people said that are our, like we look to as our spiritual leaders or, you know, we have a deep reverence or a deep respect for people and they got it wrong. And somebody comes and tells you like, that's not scriptural or whatever the case may be. You're not mad at the truth. You're mad at the emotion or the the reverence or pedestal that you have put somebody up on and you refuse to allow them to be wrong in the, in the sight of this person you don't know. So now instead of being open to scripture, we talked about this a little bit earlier. Instead of being open to scripture, now you're now you're fighting against a uh, a thought, an emotion, a trigger. Now that's what you're doing. Instead of allowing the truth to settle in, when things like that happen, you have no excuse. You can't say, you know, oh well, I didn't know, Lord. Yeah, yes, you did. I, this I had this person come and try to talk to you about that. Right. But you were too busy hold, upholding a thought or an image in your mind of somebody who you thought were was a good representation of me. Let my word be a representation of me, and every man be a liar. Read it for yourself. Um, another thing that I wanted to say, and then that that was all that I had for the podcast was um uh. A lot of times in a, in a Christian household, and it's kind of like what you were saying, but it's it's an offshoot of what you were saying. We know how to be good Christians in the home. 
We know how to talk the talk. We know how to walk the walk. We know how to do all of these things that'll be like, oh, my son would never, or my daughter would never. But like you said, we sound one way in the home. We can, we know how to talk the talk. We know how to walk the walk in the home and how to tiptoe around these people that would hold us accountable if they heard us. But then if you go out into the streets, you sound just like the world. You're cursing. Mm. You're doing this and you're doing that. You you put on Christianity for the time when you need to look Christian. And then you take it back off as like a uniform. Like, okay, let me tag in. Uh-huh, uh-huh. All right, cool. Right. Take that off right. and go do this. Um, What we have here, Mark 7 and 6 says, he answered and said unto them, well, have Isaiah prophesied of you hypocrites, as it is written, this people honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. I want to caution you not to just have vain words and uphold traditions that are not the word of God. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't don't just don't just try to look the part. Don't just try to be around the people. Don't just try to do this thing. Understand why you are a believer. You grow up in a Christian household. That's cool. Like, yeah, I'm a Christian because my mother's a Christian. Well, I'm racist because my father's racist. I'm homosexual because my mom's homosexual. Like, like what is that? Is that what we do just because they do it? It's okay for us. Like we have to have a standard. There's a reason why we do what we do. Children will imitate. Children will imitate. And, and the, the, the goal here is to not only set a good standard, but then to hold the standard. Like Tyreek says, they're going to imitate you. They're going to imitate you. But then as they grow, you need to show them where to go to, from here now. Never stop mentoring them. Never stop guiding them. A lot of times in Christian homes, morality is preached over obedience. Be good, be, you know, be nice. And niceness always seems to come above truth because truth hurts feelings. So you teach your children to be nice instead of being truth tellers. I got my behind whooped a lot by my peers because I would tell the truth. And in the, in the, the secular world, you're a snitch, if you will. Speak the truth when somebody asks you, well, did so-and-so do it or did so-and-so do it? It was that person right there. I'm just telling the truth. My loyalty is to my king, not to any man. And so when I'm asked, I hold on to my integrity. The same goes for in the household. Hold on to your integrity. I'm not telling you, no one's perfect. Every parent, if looking back, can say, you know what? I could have did this better. I'm going to be one of those. I know this. Could have did this better. But I don't want my kids to see a bad representation of Christ from me. I don't want them to look at me and say, that's the representation of Christ that I saw. And so that's all I know because that's all they will know. So I'm just going to go off of that. Good enough. And they stopped there because I never said, look, I've taken you this far. Now it's your turn to pick up your cross and go the rest of the way. It's your time now. You're grown. It's time to grow up. See, I'm not going to get off on a soapbox on that, but we don't, we don't mature anybody anymore. We just keep them children spiritually and physically and mentally. 
We just, everybody gets to be children. There's a good, there's good parts about a Christian home and there's bad parts. And what we tried to do to, in this podcast here was identify some of the bad parts and how you can avoid them. You're not going to be perfect, but at least you can be very, very serious about training your children up the way they should go. So when they get older, they won't depart from it. Guys, we are very, very thankful you've been here with us tonight. Me and Tyreek are very grateful for this ministry, and we hope that you'll subscribe, that you'll share, that you'll like, and that you'll comment wherever you see this video, because we are on a multitude of audio platforms and on YouTube, guys. Like always, we love you, and God bless.